Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joshua. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there, girl. You are hanging in there. Look at you go. You know, another sinuses. day. Sinuses. Yeah. Sinuses. Sinus, sinuses pressures. Huh. The sinus, the, the title of the episode is Sinuses Pressures. Nothing to do uh, with anything, but yeah. All right. That's, okay. that's uh, awesome. I, I feel it, it's sad because it's like we're com- it's the weather's starting to get nicer, so it's getting a little warmer, yeah. which means that, you know, allergies and all of that stuff get kicked up for me. Um, but, you know, I just have to stay grateful because we're not on the East Coast where it's freezing. Yeah, so. absolutely. Sorry um, about it. <laughs> that's It's okay, Joe. You're allowed your reality. You're allowed your experience. Um, that's what we're here to talk about. That's, I appreciate. You know, thank you for to validating. Validate. Exactly. Thank you for validating. You're not invisible yes. to us. Yes. Yeah. And thank look at you. that disembodied voice <laughs> who showed up <laughs> before introduction. Surprise. But that's all right. Cause she lives by her own rules and she's not here to be told what to do. Uh, so yes, today we do have a special guest. That's her laughing. Um, her name is Marcella Maggio. She is a youth mentor and professional trusted adult. Uh, she has a, an incredible business called It's My Life. Um, all about helping people deal with uh, their aces, which she'll get into, uh, modeling resilience and, and working to uh, make people better so that the world is better. You know, they're healing. So welcome, Marcella. Thank you so much, Joshua. Thank you so much, Joe. I'm so happy to be here and uh, love that introduction. Thank you. Can I take you around with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited for this. Very excited for this. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited. We wanted to have Marcella on. Uh, we ha- are wrapping up. This is the final episode in our Tainted Love series. We've, we've done some uh, cool movies examining uh, the horrors of love. And uh, you've made that your business. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> In a way. And so we thought it'd be kind of cool to have you be on this final. Um, I mean, not final. We'll do other. You know, we'll reference this series again, I'm sure. There's still lots yeah. of horror films out there about uh, love. And oh, yes. uh, hopefully we'll continue to make it to more Valentine's, you know, days. So we'll, yeah. uh, we'll, have, more, <laughs> we'll have others to talk about. But I, I thought it'd be fun to have you on to talk about a new film. This is a, this is a Fright School Field Trip episode. We went to see um, the new film uh the invisible man so we'll get into that in the second part of the episode but uh first what's going on what are people doing what's been happening candy man trailer yes <laughs> did you see it yes yes it looks so yes tasty good. yes, yes. Tasty. <laughs> delicious now let's let's make sure that we say her name nia mm. da costa right oh yeah the right? uh the director, the actual director, the director of this film is Nia DaCosta. It is produced and written by Jordan Peele, so it has his, you know, and um, I think his company Monkey Paw. Yes, that yes. was in the yeah. But it is being directed by Nia DaCosta, black yes. woman. Let's make sure to say her name. Yes, and I'm glad you did because sadly, <laughs> uh, admittedly, I found that out um, through a meme. Oh yeah, on Facebook. Yes. So there you go. Probably one I shared or somebody shared. Oh yeah, I'm, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. So it's not getting the you know she's not getting the representation that she deserves. That is for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know it's just it's just going to happen. It's like um, 
you know, so many times when somebody puts, you know, somebody who's out there decides, you know, when they're a big name and they decide to stamp something with their mm-hmm. production, it, you know, it just kind of people, yeah. you know, they're just going to attribute it. And because he did get out and us, right. you know, I just think that people are going to assume that he's. Well, he's the lead singer of the band now. Right. That's what it is, is that we know the back the every, everybody else is in the band, too. Right. <laughs> but they just don't have as much of a name and yeah. voice. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's important that people share, um, you know, make sure we're correcting people and let them know. Like, yes. Hey, uh, and not to say that it's not important. I mean, he's writing on it. He's producing. Obviously, he's bringing it out there, but he's uh, put the the uh, direction in somebody else's perfectly capable hands it yeah. looks like by what by that trailer oh that was absolutely yeah it, i i heard what you were talking about in the theater joshua where it was like it's giving you like freddy 2 mm-hmm. nightmare 2 vibes yeah it was giving me a few different things um but yeah yeah just kind of some of the things where they were showing like really s- quick snatches or s- snatches i don't know if that's the word i was looking for snapshots <laughs> snapshots yeah you know just real quick flashes that's a better word flashes of like imagery of like you know the the main um actor like in the mirror and it's like his you know looked like he was Candyman, you know in the reflection mm-hmm. so it just kind of gave me that little bit of um um Freddy's Revenge or, mm-hmm. you know, the gay one. That's what I call it. The gay, the gay Freddy. <laughs> the gay Freddy. Um, yes, I'm looking for Candyman Bakery and desserts. Yes. Um, I'm glad that Tony Todd looks like he's still attached to this. Vanessa Williams. Well, not that one. The other one. Vanessa A. Williams. Vanessa A. Williams is attached to this one, um, which, you know, is uh, basically playing the same character that she played uh, like 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, wow. um you know, I don't, uh, I don't know what his name. Do you know the actor that's um, playing Anthony Abdul Mateen? Abdul Mateen. I think it's a uh, Yusuf Abdul Mateen. Yeah, he, he was also Yaha. from. Uh, yes, yeah, Abdul Mateen. He is. Um, he was also in um, <laughs> the Get Down on Netflix, which I watched. Uh, he played. Uh, uh, he played Cadillac on the Get Down. <laughs> so yeah. Ah. Yeah, All he's right. a, he's a good actor. He's really so good. he's playing Anthony McCoy, who was the infant that Helen saves in the original Candyman. Um, Candyman kidnaps him, like frames Helen for the murder mm-hmm. of him and the dog, and you know the poor little dog's head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she saves him from like a burning fire at the end of it. So yeah, they've got the original actress who played Anne Marie coming back to play his his uh, mother again. Uh, it just looks incredible. I'm I'm actually very very excited for it, uh, and you know they gave us some Beyonce, Destiny's Child. <laughs> they gave us say my name. I was like, yeah, yes. Crazy. And what I liked about that that was kind of interesting is instead of like using like a cover that was like creepy, like it's the original, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's a mm-hmm. remix of the original song. Yeah. Instead of yeah, instead of like Beyonce, like redoing it in a, in a different way the way she did with cra- uh, crazy in love for uh the 50 shades movies ah, yeah. or to see like any same thing annie lennox doing i put a spell on you right, right. yeah this yeah. is just a remix of it which is such a that's a, such a cultural thing yeah to do so yeah so uh yeah i'm very thrilled i i'm i can't believe we have to wait till june to see it yeah so. i think mm-hmm. i put in my um i think i put in i posted in horror movie night when they posted in the group when they posted the trailer i said that my hook was dripping because <laughs> it's very it, it was ready 
Oh, ready. I'm ready for it. It's good. I also think it's like, it's kind of giving me, it's a little gay. I mean, it's, I, I'm getting a, like a little queerness. You're getting a queer vibe from I'm getting it. A queer, getting a queer I mean, vibe. yeah, because there's like a, you know, a monster deep inside of us. Mm. Yeah. Mm. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it, yeah, how it reads when we get there. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm very excited for that. So what else? What else has been going on? Anybody see anything recently? Read anything? Um, actually, uh, just recently I caught, um, uh, in an old, uh, rerun of, um, The Shining and mm-hmm. uh, I'm staying at my mom's right now. And, uh, it, it was interesting because of the fact that she hasn't seen it. She doesn't remember seeing it since probably when we were kids and right away she's like, Oh my gosh, how old is this movie? We found out here it is 1980 and such. Yeah. It's celebrating 40 years this year. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You know, and as you're watching it, um, you know, you're thinking about that psychological, you know, um, thriller, and which is something, interestingly enough, that we watch today. But um, the makings of a madman, you know, and, mm-hmm. and what, you know, what that looks like and such. Um, and I'm really excited and looking forward to the movie from Danny Torres' perspective now. Right. I want to I want to see that. Um, Dr. Sleep. You mean right. you haven't seen it? Yet. No, yeah, no, I haven't. OK. Yeah, yeah, OK. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm really excited because and, and and I have been away from a lot of movies. Uh, you know, right now I have a toddler. She's three. There's a lot of things that I have not had the opportunity to watch that I would love to. Um, but unless it's, you know, uh, <laughs> cartoon. Paw Patrol. Or, <laughs> exactly. You know. I did catch the Adams Family, so there yes. you go, right? So I was able to do that much. Yes. Um, but otherwise, I've been away from it. And um, so, yeah, it, it just took me back to that a little bit as far as, again, the makings of a madman. Did you get that at all from this new movie? Like, is is there any lingering of jack in him oh yeah definitely yeah Absolutely. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Ooh, again it's still ooh. like we've been in this um the monster inside of us right yeah. right i think we've been in and what we're seeing in a lot of horror right now is like these um meditations on generational trauma mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so there is it's interesting how jack uh, how um danny as an adult starts to see his father a little bit more clearly, Ooh, you know, and okay. there's like, so, whole, so there's some empathy there. Yeah. Cause like it starts out like, um, so it was, it's based on a novel as well that Stephen mm-hmm. King wrote, which was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It read like a horror film. It mm. moved very fast. It reminded me of early stuff. Like, you know, some of his earlier work that, you know, just had like a, a drive to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was very enjoyable, but you know, he's like an alcoholic and he's you know suffering all the same. It's that the echoes, you know, of like yes. the same, you know, problem that his father um, went through. And so going through that and, and trying to get clean, mm-hmm. you know, kind of brings some clarity about like his father to him. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So it's very interesting. I highly recommend it. Yeah. 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 I just watched it the other day. I bought the um, director's cut. So mm-hmm. I don't know how different it is from the theatrical version. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't seem to have that many more minutes added mm-hmm. to it. Um, but you know, that's the thing, a minute in a film can <laughs> right. add so much, but I, I highly recommend it, you know, especially for Wonderful. the work that you do, you yeah. know, because the shining horror in that realm, the shining, this Dr. Sleep is absolutely mm-hmm. a reflection of those, uh, childhood traumas mm-hmm. and how they mm-hmm. live with us. Well, I mean, he's in his forties, right. you know, so right. 
and it and it does it you know and that's the thing is that uh just like uh, going back to the monster inside of us type of thing, the body doesn't forget. So even mm-hmm. if we do our best to tell ourselves that we have outgrown it, we've outlived it, you know, just move on and such, that's where it shows up in different diseases and, you know, just ailments in our body, um, even from the foods that we eat, right? Because we're just trying to numb that trauma and that pain. So, yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. It's going to eventually find us if we don't deal with it right yeah, yeah absolutely mm-hmm. i love that you wore a shining shirt today you got the twins yes That's awesome yes i have the <laughs> twins and uh they definitely remind me of um you know we're taught the stranger danger and right. such right uh all the time and and um when i think about little danny you know his mission is basically to um um to warn everybody of what they can't see because they've been told that it's not really there. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so I love it because those are, you know, the first people he encounters and you think that, Oh, there it is. That's the scary part. This is the bad part of the movie is that the, you know, the place is haunted. They're going to get this kid and blah, blah, blah. And then as it builds and builds and builds, you find out that no, they're just messengers too. Right. It's really the dad all along. It's somebody that's the closest to him. So, yeah, I just look at it as a lot of times these monsters are really just messengers of what's really going on. Oh, my gosh. Well, we'll have to, like, go back and redo The Shining now. That's that's some good (laughs) perspective there. Um, If you do, uh, uh, dear, my dear listener here, Mm -hmm. if you do want to revisit our Shining episode, it is uh, episode 14, uh, Killing Your Family and Other Good Ideas. Uh, so feel free to revisit that it. and then rewatch The Shining and watch Dr. Sleep and maybe we'll have you back on in the future to talk about both. And and that's a very interesting um, example that all of these monsters are warning him of the real danger. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a very interesting um, kind of flip on that. So um, any anything else? Joe, what have you been doing? What have you been watching? Uh, well, I was going to say controversially, I love I prefer Doctor Sleep over The Shining. Ooh. So yeah, well, you definitely I'm, should well, watch I'm it. Definitely going to watch it. Yeah. Um, what am I watching? Uh, I am uh, continuing uh, a, cons- a on a I'm on a binge of consuming old media. So yeah. I am uh, currently rewatching episodes of Boy Meets World on Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girl. Yeah. That's as scary as it gets. Yes, that's there we go. Pretty much, pretty much as scary as it gets. Um, yeah, I've I've just like I'm I'm kind of reached a place where it's like nothing new is really exciting me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I think later tonight I'm gonna start. Um, I am gonna start a new show. It's called Hentified. On, oh yeah, uh, Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about uh, gentrification and oh, okay. in, a, in a Latinx family. So Ooh. they've had like that massive loss, um, you know, with their writer. I didn't know that. No. Oh yeah, she. Um, what was her name? I just I haven't seen it yet, but. Uh, sorry, Joe, giving you bad news. I like, know. Dang. Uh, well, now I well now I know that this is the only season that I'll damn. care about. Then no, I mean I think that they'll have other. Um, other seasons possibly, but she, um, of course, my phone keeps correcting it. Uh, of course it is. Just yeah. an anglicized um, name. Camila, uh, Maria Concepcion. Uh, she was a writer and trans Latina advocate. Um, uh, I think, um, 
died by suicide and she was one of the writers oh, on the wow. show so yeah yeah very oh, wow. very sad that that oh, wow. kind of came out so yeah i mean silvio horta who um who created the american version of ugly betty mm-hmm. yeah. um, he also passed as well too yeah. we you know we gotta gotta take care of our take care of our poc people man yeah. Yeah. Take care of very, our, yeah, very our, tragic. our very cre- our creative poc people well i'm looking forward to seeing um just hearing what you think about it because i haven't yeah. yeah i've kind of been in the same place i think um just like personally, it's been tough to kind of consume new media. You know, I did see, um, I did watch the first episode of, of Drag Race started. So that started last night. I so, saw that. Yeah, I watched that. That was mm-hmm. uh, very amusing. I'm very curious to see how this season goes. It yeah. was fun. It was a lot. They had those girls doing everything. They had to do like a two-look fashion show. They had to come up with a rap song and choreography the same day, plus Damn. another runway look. It was Jeez. nuts. Did they get rid of half the people, uh, too? Like <laughs> Right. It was it was cray. And they changed up some of the r- structure and rules. So I'm excited. So, oh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I watched can't that. change the queens that come because they're all the same carbon <laughs> copies as other, other past queens. Right? You know, it's interesting because it's like once they get to that point, because you know they do all the promo work. I think after the season's over, so then of course they've all had time to like go and like really get themselves together, and they do all have the same face like in the promos, but they don't in on the show. Like I saw a lot more differentiation. You know, plus they're all in like red, white, and blue. You know, in all the promos, and it, you know they're just this homogenous look, mm-hmm. anyways. Um, so I, I was worried about that, but seeing the show, they really did have some good standing, you know, standing apart from each other. (coughs) Um, what I was going to say is I've been kind of in the same mode. So I've been really rewatching because I'm in this writing class. I'm taking this like creative nonfiction class, which is like working on memoir or working on like journalism, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of, kind of type writing. Um, I've been doing a lot of like archeology span of the self. You know, so I'm spending a lot of time like I'm I just started rewatching Millennium, which was like a series that was an offshoot of the X-Files. Mm. It was really good and creepy and, you know, kind of came out of that whole era of like we're seven, like that kind of style. Mm-hmm. So it's just very it's just it's a really cool series. So and I, so I'm finding myself going back to all this stuff that I loved when I was like a teenager because I'm mm-hmm. writing a lot about that time period in my life. And so, um, yeah, so haven't been doing too much new stuff. As um, a, yeah, it's just like I'm. I feel I feel more and more. It's like I want to be comforted. Yeah, that I know how the story is going to end. Yeah, yeah, I know how it's going to end. I I want to be taken back to better memories, and yeah. you know, as this political cycle marches through, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. either it, I I just want to be I'm I want now more than ever want my like media diet to be uh, one that is like half horror news and then half like just you know comfort bubblegum yeah 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 stuff that's just kind of comforting i think is a good way to put it mm-hmm. you know just sure mm-hmm. <laughs> as I, we you know i traverse. did show um i showed uh my special man friend um i showed him my best friend's wedding the movie with julia roberts horrifying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes terrifying very terrifying <laughs> in in many ways it doesn't in a few ways it doesn't hold up but in many ways it does and i think uh, to to give it its credit it had a like openly queer character mm-hmm. who his whole you know he does play a like magical a magical homo function in it but he is like out and proud and partnered and you know just kind of there to support the main 
and you know wreak havoc but that was not something that you really saw you know rupert everett you know god bless him that was not something yeah. you really saw um in the time in the mid 90s so that's true Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I posted um, an article mm-hmm. about that of like finding more LGBTQ stories that that happen after coming out. You know, mm-hmm. life doesn't end mm-hmm. at coming out. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. and and I really appreciate it. I didn't. I haven't read the article, but yeah. I well, of course not. You well, of read. course, you know, I don't read. <laughs> I read articles. There's some pictures. Yeah, thank you. I read articles. <laughs> I don't read novels. Um, I appreciated what you said because it's like, yeah, we should have more representation of older queers, of older queers and life after that because. Um, how it was phrased was how it was phrased in your quote was beautiful. Where it's yeah. like, if you're talking about if you if you prioritize or you put such a premium on like being youthful, when a lot of us had our youth like snatched from us, or we yeah. ne- had, never had the ability to be children in the same way that like cis hetero mm-hmm. folks had the had the ability to be. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good. Read that article. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. It was listener. An, yeah, it was a good a uh, good read. Um, I'll try to remember to repost it on um, on um, on the Fright School page because like we do talk a lot about queer horror and like getting to that place where it's like okay, we have somebody who is already happy and whole, quote unquote. You I know. just dropped something. That's okay. You're allowed. I'm sorry. It happens, um, but you did wake him lock up. So anything that happens from here out is your responsibility. <laughs> it's my fault now. Um, you just calm it down. You just lay it right back down. Just lay it <laughs> back down. You were saying, Joshua, before I rudely interrupted um, you. No, but getting those stories also in horror. You know, it's like I would like, like the the film that we saw today. It'd be very interesting to see that in a in a queer perspective, where you know it's kind of already, mm. you know, they're an established relationship or whatever. Although, I mean, I don't want to see any. I guess not more violence against queer people, but <laughs> even committed True. by queer people. But you yeah. know, just like that, there are stories like that. You know yep. what I mean? That there there are all kinds of different stories, and all of us live them, and all of our varying personalities and perspectives and persuasions, and you know, it's all. Uh, the human story is all encompassing, you know, so getting that opportunity, I would like to see movies like that where it's like, you know, um, the articles like, you know, where's Ian McKellen just playing like an 80 year old gay dude, you know, like that's his life. That's his, that's what he lives. Like, so what kind of story can we tell Mm -hmm. from that perspective? You know, and there are novels, um, you know, I've read some great books that kind of started like that. You know, I read one when I was young that was like about this like 60 plus year old guy whose partner just died. And so the, 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 the the novel was about that, you know, about Mm -hmm. a person who had suffered loss, you know, Mm -hmm. and the gay part was, it was just, they were, it was a gay character, right. you know? So it didn't really, it, 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 cause that kind of thing is not informed by that. Mm-hmm. You know, your sexuality is not going to inform your grief, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just kind of, um, you know, a very, I don't know. It was just, I would just like to see films like that. So that's why I shared that article and had to share it with there. But Okay, so that I think is a good way to transition because um, we were talking a little bit about The Shining and about childhood trauma, and now we're talking about like queer people like having their childhood snatched away to discuss uh, with you, Marcella. Yes. About your your life, your your work. My work, my work is my life, uh, and which is actually why I uh, chose to um, uh, name my company. It's my life. And that was because as a preventionist uh, who had the privilege of going throughout San Diego County and talking to uh, youth to adult and, and through adults uh, about healthy relationships, what I constantly heard from, you know, 
everybody under the sun, especially youth, uh, was whenever I questioned their, um, their decisions about a relationship or, you know, uh, you know, maybe not the healthiest of behaviors, it was immediately defended with, um, well, it's my life, right? And, um, when we would dig a little bit deeper and I would ask him other questions to see if, you know, well, what does that mean? It's your life, right? Um, what I would often hear over and over again is, uh, society talking right back to me, right? Well, my mama said, well, you know, people say, well, this is how we do. And, uh, it's just, um, the same cycle repeating itself over and over and over. And so what I thought was even more interesting is that when I would give them space to literally talk about their lives, it was usually met with um, a lot of question as far as almost not trusting my intention, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Why do you care? You know, Uh, oh, this is about me now. Oh, are you taking notes? Um, you know, what do you mean you want us to ask questions? What do you mean you want us to help you with activities? Right. And I would often remind them, you know, um, I'm here for you. Right. Right. Um, you know, I've been here, done that. And honestly, if I could go back, there are things that I would want to change, but that's for me. What would y'all want to change? Right. And so It's My Life really was inspired by the fact that uh, we constantly move through life claiming to everybody, especially to ourselves, trying to convince ourselves that we're living our life. Right. When in actuality, we're living often for other people. And, um, you know, most of uh, people like me um, who have been victims of adverse childhood experiences, ACEs, as you referred to them. I love that. Yeah. That concept. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's that, you know, it's that childhood trauma that doesn't necessarily come at the hands of a, you know, an adult that was supposed to be trusted, whether this is a parent or a caregiver that could be coming from their words or their lack thereof. Mm -hmm. Right. So when a child is, you know, raised in this type of environment where they're not seen and heard and instead they're told what to think and do, then we lose what does it mean to live my life? And we're just kind of walking on eggshells of trying not to disrupt other lives. Um, so my whole business is about talking about, uh, your life, you know, what does that mean? And really taking ownership and accountability of, um, learning your own language, starting with your ABCs and the ABCs for me are, uh, having awareness, boundaries and consent, you know, really understanding that. Like, do you know how you even move in a relationship? Do you, uh, do you know your own boundaries and know that you have rights to them? And how do you ask for consent and seek it? Right. So when we start taking that ownership of our own life in this very simple way, we see that, damn, I really have been giving a lot of my power over to other people without even thinking about it. Um, so in a very complex way, what I do is I just give you back, um, you know, the simplicity of being yourself and showing up for yourself. And in that same time, while you do so, you are showing up for youth because as youth, um, 
it's easier to learn by watching than by listening, right? We hear so many things and they kind of negate themselves a lot of times. Yeah. But what we see is usually truth, right? You know, people can't hide who they are even when they try to, like in the movie we're wa- we watched today, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, well, and yeah, exactly. Like behavior, like actions. I mean, that's why that's a, you know, it's such a cliche, but they really do speak louder, you know, because that's... Mm-hmm. You know, how you treat me, how you talk to me, how you go about conducting your life says mm-hmm. a lot more than how you hope you want things to be or how you say you want things to be. So yes. I think that's why um, the work that you do, I, I do think is um, incredibly valuable and very, um, I think very, very tough because of the toxic the toxicity of the system that we live in, you know, yes. of, of of the way that you know, we're taught so much about, you know, we've talked obviously in this, in this whole series that we've done here about like toxic relationships of Mm -hmm. love, of what, what is normal and not normal and the levels of dysfunction that we all think that we should accept in relationships or should accept in the way that we're treated. And we have to, we have to uh, change that conversation in order to, um, heal and, Mm -hmm. and, and move on. So, um, I do encourage listener that you, um, Find Marcella's site. It's mylife.biz, right? Yes. Um, I-T-S-M-Y-L-I-F-E.biz. Uh, take the ACE, ACEs quiz. Uh, it's 10 simple questions, just kind of um, examining your experiences as a child Mm -hmm. and how the adults in your life behaved or didn't behave or what they did or did not do. Um, it's, it can be very enlightening. (laughs) Absolutely is. Uh, you know, and just, uh, um, connecting that to your own, to your own life and your own trauma, I think is uh, very powerful, you know, kind of waking up. And we were talking a little bit er earlier, um, before we, um, went to the film, we had a little breakfast and, uh, we're talking about like fighting against, like the ideas of normalcy Mm -hmm. and I like this, this aces thing because a lot of people score, you know, something, at least one thing on this, if not more. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I have like an eight. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So we're, we're kind of, we're high scorers. Joe, you have to take it and then we'll know how much trauma you have. You know, my score is low. I've taken it. Oh, you have. Okay. My score is like, well, lucky you one or two, (laughs) maybe less. No, I'm kidding. Cause it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really matter. That's not what it's about. You know, we're not playing oppression Olympics, you know, trauma Olympics. Um, I'm just teasing you. I love you, Joe. I know. I I love you too. Um, I, I see hear you. you. Yes, I, hear I you. feel you. I feel you. I affirm you. <laughs> I'm speaking from the eye from my experience. But what's incredible is the amount of, like that that dysfunction is the true normal. Right. You know, that most people are going to score somewhere between a 1 and a 10 on this because it's just there's just <clears throat> we're complex. We had to survive. Yeah. That's just the, you know, the reality of it, especially, you know, if you think about um uh, our ages and looking back at our parents' ages yeah. and grandparents, they had to go through d- the depression. So if it wasn't our own parents, it was our parents' parents. Yeah. So they themselves had to go through it. And you just had to survive. Yeah. You don't complain. You know, you don't talk back. You do your job. And at one time it made sense, but you see the, uh, 
the consequences of those actions and uh, what it actually is doing to the to the chemistry, you know, to yeah. to our brains, to our bodies uh, and how it absolutely is changing, um, you know, how we relate to one another. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think it's very important that that gets out there and that more and more people um become aware of those factors in their life and, mm-hmm. and think about ways that they can seek, you know, healing from them or examine the way that they play out in their life now and how yes. they can inflict that on others. Exactly. You know, not even on purpose. You no. know, it's not, it doesn't even have to be this it malicious thing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, real quick before we take a break and get into the, get into, uh, the invisible man. Um, what's, what's your, how, how do you see this? Like, um, is this a program that you want to implement? Is there like, what is it that you want to see out there in the world? Um, you know, besides like you're kind of doing like sort of personal coaching kind of things, mentoring people through this, discussing like relationships and things like that. Cause, um, you have done work here with the center for community solutions in the past, right here in San Diego. Um, so obviously that had its own kind of program going on out in the world. Um, but what do you see, what do you see that you're building? So for myself, it's, uh, two parters. So it is absolutely, um, primarily working with, adults in um, understanding how they can become trusted adults within their community, in their neighborhoods. Uh, So as mentors. Yes, it is a mentorship um, program. And it's being trauma-informed. It's being uh, understanding to the signs of trauma. And instead of reacting to youth as far as, like, what's wrong with you, it's taking that other approach of what happened to you. And really just, you know, being those eyes and ears. And and not in a hyper-village but to to be uh you know just that person who recognizes that something is off because um quite literally what happens to most of our youth if they're growing up in an environment whether it's their home or their neighborhood or even sometimes their own school um if they are feeling um threatened by someone or are being or are being threatened by someone, typically it is an adult. And so there's already going to be a lack of trust for Mm -hmm. other adults. And it's going to be this thought process of nobody cares. So when we show up, even in the most um, minor ways of recognizing that, you know what, their appearance is a little bit different within the last few months. I just want to check in. Or their behavior has been really off. Like they used to say hello to me and be kind to me. And now they just give me these weird looks and such. You know, just this one little phrase of, hey, is everything okay, sends that message that not everything is okay and somebody else takes notice and cares about that. So um, that is teaching people to know some signs, recognize some signs. Okay. Being that trauma informed. And then also the second part is to know the other resources within the community, because not all of us are going to feel comfortable being that voice and approaching that youth. Right. And I completely understand, but you know, what organizations that are right around the corner that you can refer to this youth, you know, it can be another set of eyes and ears, so to speak. 
And then when it comes to youth, I think that as adults, we are just really missing the bar of not making sure that we are showing up as a community. We are leaving all the responsibility on their primary caregivers who are typically, sadly, uh, the ones who are usually causing the harm when it comes to ACEs, right? right? And whether that is intentionally or it's out of neglect or because they're just working long hours in order, again, to survive right. society. That benign neglect, yeah. Absolutely. It's just still the fact that if a child is feeling uh, unseen and unheard, in their environment. They're going to do whatever they can to feel seen and heard right. in their environment. And, you know, this will come out either in acting out and taking violent measures or it's going to they're going to start t um, taking it by acting in, right? Taking it out on themselves, um, looking for relationships where, hey, you know, it might not be the best, but it's somebody right. who is seeing me and hearing me. Right. Um, so this is where we're just having these conversations with youth about um, uh, what is healthy and unhealthy, going back to those ABC, ABCs. So they should be having these conversations every year, mandatory, with the school and staff. Uh, they should be having them through a series of healthy relationship um, workshops in their class as well as on every campus, there should be a safe space where they know that at any time they can go there and speak to a trusted adult if they wanted to. Um, when we start showing up for youth, they start showing up for themselves. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. And then hopefully they can avoid some of the horrors that we've yes. uh, that we've witnessed. In, you modeled it, <laughs> right? They have to be what they see. That's what happens. Yeah. So I love this is the this is the uh, the part of our episode that kind of wraps up. You know, at the end when you watch some movie and that it's at the end, it's like if you or somebody you know is a victim of domestic violence, <laughs> please call. So if people are interested in having you come out and do a workshop, do a talk at their conference, um, do some personal growth stuff, where can they find you? Absolutely. Um, the best place to find me is on the website. Um, uh, it's my life dot biz B I Z. Also, you can email me at Marcella M A R C E L L A at it's my life dot biz. Um, I can also be found on Instagram where I share a lot of tips and talks about how to normalize these type of conversations, uh, normalize the dysfunction. Right? I love that. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. Which I do. I find very, very important. Yay! So fun. Joe, have you learned so much? I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's embarking on a successful relationship right now. Well, for now. I mean, With we don't really know him too I well. Mean, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, he likes to bowl, which, you know, Dexter did too, so cause... Cause and effect. No, that's not a cause and effect. That's, that's a that's a that's that's clearly a red flag. Yes, that's all I'm going to say. Red flag. We yes. did we did Huge. go bowling together recently. I know. I saw photos, and, and I, I pretty sure to, you were held hostage. I said that to Joshua, and he's like, "Yeah, this is a killer." This is yeah, a killer. yeah. He sent me a photo. I'm like, "Zero killer, man." Yeah. I mean, did he, he, no, wait, hold on. But I'm not saying no, he's not welcome. I here. will just ask this question: <laughs> Did he have his own ball? He has three. Okay. Serial yes, color. you're he right. Ha he has, okay. Sorry, Joshua. Uh, yeah, he has three. <laughs> he has his own shoes. His uh -huh. He has a glove. He's got a rolly bag for yeah. it all. Does he have one of those file things to, you know, like 
What? There's like the a holes? thing that you put in the holes. No. <laughs> no, I don't think he has one of those. That is a thing, though. I've seen people what do that. What are you where talking they about? It's like, like dirty you're making holes. holes. It's dirty for like holes. where you hold it. You know, like sometimes people have to file them. Or clean them up or something. I don't know. I've no. seen people doing we it. We played three games with some coworkers, and I got one strike the entire time. I was Good very job. satisfied with myself. Congrats. You're so athletic. I love that. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Marcella, we do thank you for uh, sharing uh, a little bit of your, uh, your story and your work. Um, I do think it's uh, very important, and I, I want to you know, give our listeners a little insight into that and uh, hopefully they can carry that into their own lives. But we will. Uh, so we will be right back to talk about The Invisible Man. Hey, everybody. What's up? I'm here, too. We are the Jersey Ghouls, a horror podcast based out of the Garden State. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Marissa's scholarly conversations. By the way, if you Google psycho female, you definitely don't get the name of the actress from Psycho. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Nate's thrilling debate. Why? Why are you so resistant against because it? Because don't, don't you start. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Jackie's love of 80s slasher movie, Topless Seat. Whoa, Jackie, this is a feminist podcast. I know. I'm a woman. And as a woman... I appreciate a nice set of jugs. Okay, but you shouldn't call them jugs. Hooters? Bazungas? Tatas? Dirty uh, pillows? I, I like boobs, too. Can, can I call them fun bags? No! We're the Jersey Ghouls. You can find us on social media by searching Jersey Ghouls on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also find our blog and podcast on our website, jerseyghouls.com. Can you see me? No, you can't. This Surprise! Is, this, is, this is an this is an auditory experience. Yes, um, an auditory. Yes, auditory. I don't know what I was trying to go. Auditory. I love uh, auditory better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We should. We could, should get some cameras in here, Joe. We could like do this. You know, It'd people be could a, watch us. An auditory Amos. Yes. Auditory Amos. Anyways, we are back to discuss brand new movie. So, spoiler the fuck alert because there's going to be lots of spoiling of yeah this. so don't listen to this unless you've seen tit yes yeah, so the invisible man 2020 <laughs> science fiction horror film by lee winnell who we love from uh he has written uh lots of th- well we were talking because you were wondering what else so mm-hmm. he wrote saw saw two okay. saw three um also wrote insidious and oh, this guy's yeah, yeah, and now he's got um, Spiral. The Man is he doing Spiral? Uh, he's executive producer on Spiral. Okay, and he was on Jigsaw as well. Uh, the la- the the last Saw film. Awesome. Uh, so anyway, so we are talking about the Invisible Man today, starring uh, the wonderful Elizabeth Moss. Yes, the uh, Scientologist. Elizabeth Moss. It's is true. I yes, know. she I, is. Yeah. Oh wow! Just but like she won't talk about it. Too. She won't. She won't talk about it because oh. she knows that if she talks about it, <laughs> she's gonna lose people. <laughs> so, uh, Elizabeth but I Moss, bring it up. <laughs> yeah, he's he wants everybody. To I'm know. an Elizabeth Moss truther. They're gonna they're gonna hunt <laughs> us down now. Uh, so she's playing Cecilia Cass, and then Oliver Jackson Cohen is playing Adrian Griffin, uh, the titular uh, Invisible Man. And uh, and then there's other people. 
So, <laughs> and the movie is about, um, you know, Elizabeth Moss character has been abused by uh, Adrian and she escapes him and then uh, he seemingly dies. But did he really? Is she being followed around by an invisible person? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think, Joe? Oh, it was great. Yeah. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I do love the irony of us going to see the Invisible Man in IMAX. <laughs> right. Uh, um, <laughs> but um, I think that that was actually a really, I think the experience of seeing it in IMAX helped with the, uh, helped the score be as effective oh, as it was yeah. on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that 3D of like people walking around and yeah. such. Uh, There's cool. one part where the dog Zeus barks and it's like you can hear it coming from the corner. Yeah. And I like turned over to where I thought the dog was. And <laughs> there was, there. it was also very effective for like the jump scares that were had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was a very, very, very good film and very, very happy to have Marcella here to discuss and unpack everything that was going on because i sat next to her and ashley our dear friend ashley also joined Did us, join as well. us yes yes and i can just like i could just hear like parts where marcella was like <gasps> deep inhale <sighs> deep oh, exhale man. like <laughs> and then something happened i and i leaned to her and i was like this is a literal nightmare yeah <laughs> this is a literal nightmare for somebody <laughs> Um, Absolutely. Especially if you have lived it in any type of capacity or know someone who has. And that's the thing with media, right, is that um, it takes us back to those experiences. And so if there's any type of similarity, woo. Oh, yeah. I could see this being very triggering. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I I definitely was triggered. I I have had a couple of instances that were similar and experienced, even in the very opening scene where she's, you know, hatched this plan to get out. And she has to be as quiet as possible. Right. She has to be the one who's invisible. Yeah. And um it just really um, brought me back to um, just moments for that for myself, you know, not actually with a, with a man, thankfully, you know, um, but uh, as a child even. So, um, you know, with my own mother, you know, like sneaking out um, of my room type of thing uh, for something that was just some, so simple, but immediately like that psychological impact of being afraid to even leave. Um, so yeah, the, the jumps you're talking about, I definitely took and it was so funny because I was watching Ashley out of the corner of my eye and there were a few times that it's like we were doing uh, a sequence. We were doing um, synchronized moves, right? Like we were literally covering our mouths and our faces <laughs> and putting our knees up. And yeah, it was. Um, and, 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 and I can't remember a time uh, recently where I've seen a movie that had me jumping so much. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Right. I totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah. No, it had some very effective scares. I jumped yeah. quite a few times as well. Ooh. And uh, not just for the sake of doing it that way. Like, it really added. Like, everything was just this build up. Yeah. Yeah, well, the whole movie was very tense. Like, I mean, the first 10 minutes of it, I loved it because it's like you had no... So we were dropped into events already in motion. Yeah. You know, so you're, you, you're seeing her... 
and there's like the tense music and you know she's obviously trying not to wake this dude you don't know anything about him but you're assuming like whoa she's really terrified of him and as it was going on and on I found myself even not knowing anything about her story like my heart was racing and I was just like like when she hit that fucking bowl Zeus's bowl you know and it went across I was like I thought he was gonna come you know (laughs) so it was so freaking tense you know it was so good even though we knew nothing we knew nothing about what she was trying to escape from how to be invested in it yeah already Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. off the bat like just ready for it ugh delicious Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Moss does uh, you know scared uh, frantic woman she does like very well oh, yeah oh, um, and I say that as someone who has not seen The Handmaid's Tale so I don't know but you've seen the, the like posters or footage exactly. you know where she's like you're staring intently at the camera like yeah. in this you know that one the tears that never fall but they keep yeah. welling and welling and welling <laughs> it's like it's so good she's so good and the last time I saw Elizabeth Moss on the big screen was in Us where she played like this really oh. that, the yuppie the That's little like right. terrible yuppie woman and and but like she had one of the best moments of that whole film where she was putting the makeup on and screaming quietly like that's i felt like this whole film was just like a quiet whimper that like crescendoed to a scream yeah and you know again i think we we posted something on the instagram of like uh horror films where a woman is like smiling at the end Oh yeah, I think it went. That's on uh, our Facebook page. Yeah, 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 and that our, and I, that was like, oh, I love that. That's also what we got in this. smiling mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah, smiling Woman at the smiling end. at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, yes. It is another one of those. But um, yeah. So, so again, so I I think that the trailer, you know, just to I think the trailer did a good job of not giving everything away, mm-hmm. but giving you just enough. And also did a good job of like, okay, if you are like in any way at all, like triggered by the trailer, then it's like, you probably shouldn't go like right. without saying trigger warning. They gave a, they gave a good oh, enough, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it was very uh, heavy. It was very heavy. It was very mm-hmm. heavy. And I remember like, t- I remember telling people like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go see invisible man this weekend. What's it about? I'm like, Oh yeah, it's about this woman who, who thinks that her abusive boyfriend who she's escaped from is invisible and haunting her. <laughs> and it's just like, and also the other thing about it too, is that like we, because of the trailer, you know, I immediately knew that he was like, I already had the feeling that he was alive. Mm-hmm. So you don't get that feeling of like, it's not a haunting. Right. Yeah. Because it's very much because haunting would imply that like there was some sort of like there was definitely the release of death. But that like, even though he even though it says that he died and he faked his death, we know better. So it's not truly a haunting in that way. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, not at all. But it's it, it, again an interesting going back to like Rebecca when we when we talked about Rebecca yeah. Alfred Hitchcock's film um, at the beginning of the series um, being haunted in a different way by a dead person. Yeah, by a know? memory. Yeah, by a memory. And so there is that possibility in the beginning when you're watching it and and that's the thing. The the film could have went a, a lot of different ways. It could have really went that way where n- there was really nothing there and she just he successfully gaslighted mm-hmm. her, you know, from beyond the grave, you know, that 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 he got his like revenge on her leaving him because he had already planted those like thoughts. You know, it could have mm-hmm. definitely went that way and been a whole other film. Um, but obviously, you know, they're trying to reboot like H.G. Wells original novel and the Claude Rains film. Like it's kind of, you know, it's universal using those kind of ideas 
Also, like Hollow Man. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? I do. Some of that. That's where I thought they were going to go, too, when they showed the lab, you know? Yeah. So, you know, again, spoiler alert. So he's invisible because he's wearing this suit made of, like, cameras, which is real technology. Yes. Like, real stuff that they've been experimenting with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that technology has existed on film uh, Die Another Day, James Bond. You know this because yeah, of the Madonna song. Madonna. Yeah. I, was, I was like, you know, because Madonna. But, like, they... Um, they give James Bond an invisible car that is that is able to be invisible because uh, tiny cameras are reflecting, are projecting what is uh, outside. So, like that, that whole thing is very much real technology that exists, and or, I, that, or the, that they want or to, that they want yes, to exist, yeah, yeah. or like is being explored in some way. But I actually really liked how little we got of, like, the technology of the invisible suit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would think we got just enough to where we weren't feeling like it was, like, jumping the shark in the middle of the thing. And then finally when the suit is revealed, um, you do get get a little bit of... um, you do get a little bit of it and a, uh, a a little bit of like you know sci-fi type vibes, but I feel like it did a really good job of creating that suspense and living in a true horror space mm-hmm. and not like crossing over completely into like tech sci-fi thriller. Yeah, I think they did a good job of like the visual language because they show her at the very beginning kind of going through the lab. And obviously, you know, you're thinking Invisible Man. I'm thinking, okay, so it's a chemical thing he's created or something like in Watchmen where because they showed the chamber with Mm -hmm. like the weird Mm -hmm. things. And I was like, so is that going to be it? Like it's some kind of electric thing that happens and he goes invisible or, you know, and kind of going, you know, the original. I think he's he's like a chemist and creates Mm -hmm. like a, you know, something that, you know, makes him invisible and then he like can't come back from it or something. Um, I haven't I've not seen that um, yeah. Since the forties, when you know I originally saw it, it's an uh, irreversible process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, although he does become invisible, like, yeah, he becomes visible again in the end. I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen it. We should watch that now, uh, just for fun, because it is a good movie. Claude Rains, fun times. Anyways, um, I, I just I I like that they kind of gave some of that visual cues because I was not thinking suit at all mm. uh, and uh-huh. then but now when I think back on it, they did show like an arm, like there was some kind of thing like in the you know the foreground but you're focused on her yeah Yeah. you know running through this thing so uh running through the lab but i just think they did a good job of keeping like the nature of the invisibility Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know till that part where she like throws the paint on him Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. that was really cool i was like oh it's a suit and you kind of saw the like the pattern and then when it's really unveiled later when she finds it in in the lab the the extra version of it um I was like, ah, oh, that's what that was. That's mm-hmm. what all the like the spider web. It, for, it looked like, you know what I mean? Like it's a hun- it's a honeycomb. It's a honeycomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like it 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 is definitely going to activate someone's trypophobia. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, oh. it was very yeah. creepy that way. Yeah, and I thought that that was really. <laughs> I thought that was very effective. I was like, ooh, you. They're like. It, because the suit itself is not anything horrific, but because they're going to tap into why people feel uncomfortable with the Rob, little pa- all the holes, the, yeah. the holes, and the holes are moving. Their little yeah, eyes, yeah. and like, it is creepy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought that the 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 biggest thing that was interesting to me, uh, as far as the technology and his um, capability to have this at his, um, you know, at his fingertips, right? Like, you know. We assume that he's the creator, right? This is his yeah. Lab he's and like such, a tech right? optical technology, right. like you know. And, and so here he has this incredible invention, and and what is he doing with it? 
right harassing a woman right? that doesn't want to be with him. Are you kidding <laughs> me, guy? Right? I mean, just the you know the the need to be in control, right? Yeah, just, that narcissistic yeah, sociopath. Yeah, you know. absolutely. It's it 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 was such a interesting um, uh, reality of how a person can be victimized and you know how she even says at one point like why me yeah. right you know why i'm me? ordinary yeah absolutely. i'm just this girl from the suburbs absolutely. like why does it have to be me yeah and it's and and it is that it's just it goes that mentality of like because i can't have you right so it's like that's all i want and everything and and so yeah it was just it it, it baffled my mind of you know, is, is that us in society, right? Are we all like the, um, you know, why us? Why us? Well, be, because I can. Because I can have you. Right. Right? Because I can. Because, I mean, and again, like, as with all mad geniuses in film and media, they save the best toys for themselves. And mm-hmm. that's that's how they use them. And um it was yeah it was it was a good portrayal of that and and not denying that he is this like genius and and the beauty uh, also the beauty of that house too like oh, mm-hmm. the one of that house the bedroom alone where it like has this like little alcove that juts out with glass all over oh it so it's it, gorgeous it's gorgeous because like the house itself is like made for maximum visuality right so yes. like glass windows mirrors cameras everywhere there's a lot of places where you can see into and out of mm-hmm. but in that it's like also this prison that he's yes. built for her oh it's yeah. huge prison yeah absolutely yeah Absolutely. No, that's a very good point. I like how the the film, there was a lot of really nice shots that played with that, that mm-hmm. played with like the ideas of absence, of invisibility, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or of visual, like, or, you know, yeah, exactly. Transparency or, or not like there was that, that scene where they were in the kitchen she was in the kitchen cooking. Yeah. This was early in the film where she's cooking breakfast mm-hmm. and, um, Oh gosh, what was his name? Her um, the guy James. that she was saying James. Uh, the guy that she was Aldous t- Hodge is yes, the name of the actor. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um so he's uh her childhood friend and um he's a cop. Um just to throw that out there. Uh <laughs> that's what he does, uh which plays a little bit obviously significance in the film. Mm-hmm. Um but he comes into the kitchen, they kind of talk, and it didn't do the usual thing where it's like camera on her for a bit cooking, camera on him for a bit, camera, you know, like back and forth for their conversation. It was this long shot mm-hmm. of them standing in the kitchen, and then he steps out, and it just kind of hangs on that of like her. It was a weird angle where it's like she's standing there, and there's this huge empty space of the of the kitchen, you know, of like of his like stepping away that just... I don't know why I thought it was so significant, but I'm like watching it. I'm like, this is really creepy because we're supposed to figure, we're supposed to that look he's for there. that. He's there. Yeah. It's the same. The, the shot that was similar to that one that, uh, that was that the same thing in the kitchen right before the, the pan right before the fire. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the he shot, turns up the gas. Yeah. We so assume we assume. So the, the shot that was interesting in my mind, that similar was when she's putting her clothes away after her apparently going shopping for new wardrobe, mm-hmm. she's putting her, clothes away she's going to her you know that she's living in this office that you know he's made up for her he goes to her little rack where she's putting her clothes and then like we we lingered mm-hmm. on the rack itself mm-hmm. while she stepped away. while she stepped away she goes out of frame comes back again and i'm like staring at it and i'm like 
Am I supposed to yes. see something? Is this is this something I'm supposed to see? And then the way, and then to go back to the kitchen, the way it was framed looked yeah. like shots from Hereditary. Yeah, when you're when you're looking at the family as if you're Absolutely. looking into like a dollhouse. Yes, and yeah. so the way that it was framed, I thought it was just so interesting to create that kind of tension and yeah. like for us to. That we are just watching her. That we're watching her, but also that we are trying to look for him. That we are looking at nothing is happening, presumably. Nothing is happening, but we're trying to get the hint. So, like, when the knife falls, but it doesn't make a sound. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And all of that happens with it. Yeah. It was... That was so effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a very good point. That, yeah, that we are, even though we have, have yet to get confirmation that he really is there, really is invisible, it's setting it up. The visual language is that he is this present. He's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And I just, yeah, they, they just did a very good job with that. And the panning of the camera, too. The use of, like, how they would kind of be on her, and then it would pan away, mm-hmm. and it hung out for a while, like, right at the beginning, and then it came back, and she was dressed. Yeah. But it was like, what was what were we doing there? You know, and then it happens again, and it just pans to the long shot of the hallway, and you're mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. yeah. What am I looking for? What are we looking for? Mm -hmm. Like, what's going to happen? It was just very effective. There was just a lot of very, I think, well done angles and setups that were these, like, long shots of, like, the whole room, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. not this breaking it up back and forth. It was just, like, you were just always aware of, like, presence. Yeah. I I just thought it was very, very nice. And very effective use of special effects, like, (sighs) at the end when um, the Invisible Man is coming back to... um, is coming back to James's house to kill James's daughter, Sydney. Um, and then he ends up getting beaten by, um, he ends up getting, uh, uh, beaten, um, by the invisible man. Like, just like you can hear every punch landing and then the blood just like showing up, but it's not coming from anything. Like all of that was really, uh, was really effective. And what was also interesting was like I was kind of I was kind of thinking that the suit or uh, it would make more sense to me, I should say, that if it was some sort of chemical thing that he had to ingest, uh, that that would also lead to some sort of like brute strength. Because I think we're just supposed to believe that whoever's wearing the suit, like they just happen to have those like powers to be able to like take people down right you know like have like these like it's like basic martial art type things and you know i just i thought that was fascinating because like the hallway um we all we all see that um and we'll see that thing in action movies where it's like in a hallway and like you know various people coming in and out right and i thought that that was done so well in this film where it's like we don't know what's going on and so Mm -hmm. all of a sudden people are just dropping dead um, yeah, but, that was very cool. Yeah, but As the, the, and it was glitching. It was like yeah. glitching, mm-hmm. and yeah. So I, I, I thought that like the, the the camera work, the use of special effects were very good. So I agree. I mean, yeah. that's not all I have to say, but like someone else talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean we're we're having we're conversing. We're I, conversing. Like, I just I, it was such a good it was such a good film and so very well, um, so very well shot. Um, I guess my, I guess my question, I I do have a question for Marcella. Great. Mm -hmm. So as like, as someone who is, works in this space and does the work that you do, Mm -hmm. can you tell me a little bit about like, 
just the the taking away the like the fantastical parts of the film where she's being chased by an invisible man tell us a little bit about like um what that means to be someone who ends up in that relationship because like she also had like a lot of access whether whether she knew whether she got that access on her own or not she had codes to things like she she was like a prisoner but also not a prisoner in in many ways like she was able to get to places she had access to the cameras on her phone Mm -hmm. so like what does that mean in terms of like you know he had to have given that to her she had to find out or something so i don't know can can you speak a little bit to like what it means to be in that type of relationship and also eventually to be out of it absolutely you know and um honestly the the fantastical stuff um is is just hollywood's um way of bringing a real life message to us you know and and it has been done before even in twilight you know so many people were Mm -hmm. so obsessed about this romantic relationship that is you know meant to be and will last forever and when you take away the layers of the um you know, of this, uh, um, like you said, the fantastical part of it, of uh, being a vampire and werewolf and, you know, that it's, oh, this is a really unhealthy relationship. These behaviors (laughs) are really questionable. And why is my kid all about this relationship? And here's my question to youth for so many years and why I started to have these conversations, especially with adults, is that nobody's having them with adult, with youth. Uh, we basically have um, once upon a time TVs now our screens that are, uh, you know, at our hands, uh, you know, 24 seven. Um, we have this opportunity to watch media tell us stories and without any conversation about what we're watching, we normalize these relationships to be yeah. our truth, our romance. So in this particular But that's what one, it's supposed to be like. Yes, you know, exactly. Exactly. Having people fighting over you or yeah, you jealousy. Know, the tortureness yeah. torturous um, If somebody's not jealous, I should be concerned because that right. must mean they don't really love me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is a conversation about you on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's like oh, their violence. Yes. Their violence is indicative of their caring, you know, yes. and I don't even mean yes. physical violence, but emotional violence, yes. you know, that the controlling, I, I, you know, that that is violence. Yeah. You know, it is is a signifier of, of I want someone care. who cares about me enough to to harm me. Yeah, basically. yeah, right. exactly. Right. Or others. Strange. Oh, my gosh. Or are others, you kidding yeah. me? Like the whole um, uh, Joker and Harley Quinn. Oh, Jesus, People will yeah. say relationship goals. Yeah. Right? Really? Really? That's your relationship goal? It's a very unhealthy relationship, as was, you know, what we what we recognize to be this relationship in the movie uh, when she does open up to her sister and her childhood friend James about what went on in the relationship because we find out that her sister knew nothing, right? Her sister picks her up in the middle of the night has no idea why, why? she's rescuing yeah. her yeah. right like what's going on from this ideal life probably ideal to her life, yeah. right? this guy has money she's you know she is he's so famous he's yeah absolutely and uh why all this secrecy and what we discover so many times is that there has to be the secrecy yeah. in order to normalize it in order to keep it going and um so when she tells her sister and we find out that 
little by little, she was losing parts of herself. And I love that also going back to the imagery of the movie and the direction and how he sets up these scenes and such. We absolutely become her. We start to question, did, wait, 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 did I see something? Wait, did I see an arm? Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, Is he, is he really right there? You know, and, and I don't know about y'all, but there were a couple times that I found myself even looking at the screen and then they would show me her face and her face is all wild eyed and my eyes were the same because you're looking for like, well, what's there? What's there? Is he supposed to be there? Right. So we're already starting to question, to doubt. Right. And that's exactly what she starts doing. And without the uh the fantastical part of him being invisible that's exactly what it feels like for a victim of this type of violence is that when you as the sister as a sibling as a friend um of this person finds out that this ideal relationship is not all what you thought it was then you're more likely to be like come on it wasn't really that bad you're crazy No, you're being ridiculous, Mm -hmm. right? So now if I'm starting to discount what you know is truth, then you start discounting yourself. You start disbelieving it. So you're less likely to report it, right? You're also less likely to leave. You're more likely to go back, you know? So it was such an interesting um, uh, um, show of the realities of, losing yourself you know because not only did she start to question her story and start to kind of lose it but she literally started to lose herself she started to look really bad (laughs) y'all i mean she looked really 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 bad by the time she meets her sister in that restaurant right um and so when what happens in that restaurant happens what you see across a table from her sister you almost don't discount for a second she's crazy of course she's crazy of course she did it we nobody in their right mind would ever question that she's the one that we should have been watching all along right um and so i think it you know a lot of times what what i love what i took away from is that um yeah really be pay attention to the appearance and behaviors of people right because people don't lose themselves for no reason you know, when mm-hmm. we're happy, you know it, right? When, you know, you start either becoming way too much of what you were or less than what you were, question it, right? I like that. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, such that's advice, good. you know, to keep, a, you know, to, to watch out for each other, you know, especially people that, you know, check in with your happy friends as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, it's interesting. I can't remember if anywhere in the film they mentioned gaslighting. Did they actually use the word? No. No. Which is kind of unfortunate because I wish th- I, I do wish that they would have because that's what they're defining throughout this yes. film is like he is trying to make me feel and look crazy. Yep. You know, and I just I, I thought this is such a great way to kind of talk about that because we're just living in a time where we are all being made to feel insane. Yes. You know, we're constantly being told, no, no, I didn't say that. Uh, well, here's video footage. No, no, that's not me. You know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that was, that was never said. This never happened. That never happened, you know? And it's just as a people, as like a populace, we're, we're being, yeah. you know, politically, you know, being just 
Oh, absolutely. You're guilty. Uh, we There's nothing to see here. He's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's just frightening. So, well, you don't. I like the concept. The, it, where and I'm talking about it. Where it all goes downhill, right? If we want to, you know, if we. It may, you know, depending on whether or not this is the intention of the director, but when the, where it all kind of starts to happen and where she really starts to fig- think that maybe something's going wrong is in the kitchen with a gas stove. Right. You know, or the gas mm-hmm. is turned all the way up. And then from there, that's like the beginning, the literal flashpoint of when everything starts to happen. He starts to slowly make himself known mm-hmm. uh, to her. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. So kind of a, a subtle, you know, without like, you know, because again, they don't need to hammer anybody's like, yeah. head. Yeah. It's anything. also such, it's such a buzzword right now. It's and true. It, it's happening, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's, and that's why it's in the context consciousness but it's such a buzzword so it's like we need to um i i I like that it was not mentioned because it's it's just being illustrated it's just being illustrated Mm -hmm. yeah well that yeah that's a good point it's just it's nice to give people like a language you know to use right yeah absolutely especially because so many of us really are aware until it becomes a problem you know, mm-hmm. but if you're not recognizing that it's a problem at all, you know, that's when we do, we, we need to have these conversations before there is one, yeah. right? Well, and that's the thing when you're already living in a culture like that, that makes you question your sanity or like, I think, you know, obviously I think particularly for women who, you know, we, we live in an oppressive patriarchy. <laughs> so, you know, you're kind of already taught to be like, to question yourself, to apologize, mm-hmm. to assume that, oh, maybe I maybe I'm speaking out of turn here. Maybe Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about or I'm sorry, but, or, you know, so it's like, it's just, um, it's easier for us to, to immediately go to that place to Mm -hmm. immediately question our own sanity before we go. No, you're a fucking, you're a fucking fuck. Right. (laughs) You know, I'm getting out. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, let's speak a little bit to, um, the trope, like in horror, obviously she's getting out, you know, Mm -hmm. she's Mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, you know, trying to escape, but I'm interested in what you, you know, cause I think people would watch the film and, you know, like why, what am I trying to say? Like just what you think of her as a character, I guess, Mm -hmm. about like the things that she does in it, you know, do you know what I'm trying to, what am I trying to get at? Uh, Or maybe no, don't maybe not even talk about her. Maybe about like why other people end up in these, staying in these kinds of relationships. What do you think? I think that when, um, when she's sharing her, um, experience with the, with the sister and the friend is when we're starting to get those layers of, uh, you know how someone can be groomed into this kind of relationship. Grooming. That's a good right. Point, yeah. And um, so they, you know, they met in the simplest of ways. They, you know, she was uh, someone just happened to be at a party with him. Um, probably didn't talk about anything in particular, but what she did mention was that she was just somebody. Um, you know, who was uh, like a simple girl, like, a, you know, and um, 
that is very attractive to someone who has power and wants to take control over another person, right? Once again, this could be learned behavior from their childhood where they had a lack of power themselves. So this is definitely something that they want to have in relationships. It makes them feel seen and heard. Um, Or, you know... they could be, you know, just completely a sociopath type of um, person where there are no, you know, feelings and such. Like, why wouldn't a person cater to me? Why wouldn't they mold themselves to me? Uh, grooming them is actually a uh, a gift in a sense. In, right. in my eyes, I have all this m- money that I can share. Right. Yeah, I thought there was a little bit about that. Like, I don't the college that she went to, Cal Poly, Cal Poly Architecture. Yes. Does is that a real? Does anybody know anything about that? Well, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure. Like one of the Cal Polys, which is like you know the system of schools and in, in the in the university system. So I like think. a polytechnic is yeah, that like Cal Poly? Okay. Like it, that's what the school's called. It's like Cal Poly, like Cal Poly Slow, uh, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. For those who are not from California or. Okay. Um, Cal Poly Pomona. So there are all these places where you can, it's a more of a technical school. So she does, and because she's an architect, you know, she does have, uh, she is a professional, a young professional, just like him, um, who is also, uh, he's, you know, on, and that's the other thing too, is that like, it's the epitome of like tech bro culture, mm-hmm. right? right. Is, mm-hmm. him, is him being this narcissist. Well, that's what I was trying mm-hmm. to get at. Cause I was wondering, cause because I didn't know what to say, like, I feel like, sometimes people look down on certain types of schools, you know, like technical, Mm. like I'm not sure if that's what we were supposed to be picking up because you know, when she walks into his lab, there's like a wall of diplomas and certifications and things that he clearly he's earned and built this little thing to himself. It looked like it was like four by four or something. I mean, it was like, yeah, 16 or 20, like in your face, like here's, this is my education. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Of like, this is, this is my intelligence literally on the wall. You know, and I was just wondering, you know, if they were giving us some of that kind of language that like, obviously without saying it, he feels morally and intellectually superior to her and that he is doing her a favor, you know, that like, because when they have that whole conversation, like I'm just a suburban girl, I really do think they're kind of telling us, you know, a little bit that, she is valuing, value, ugh, valuing. We both see. Look at that. We <laughs> <laughs> had a moment like that herself d- differently to him. Mm-hmm. You know that he's rich, powerful, smart. Like why? Why does he want her? You know. But right. obviously, like there is a preying on that. You know, like from him. You know that well, he's superior he's a god amongst men and interestingly enough like they did a really good job in casting for that as well because you know without taking anything away from her i mean let's be real like this guy is extremely good looking Mm -hmm. you know and that's another thing is that as a society we're almost told to look away from those who are so good looking because how could they ever cause something so ugly right right that that's not possible yeah right so I love that you also had mentioned, you know, the, you know, the um, equating oneself worth with uh, another's, you know, um, um, smarts, because I did think that as well, you know, she, uh, um, as she's spiraling downwards, nobody's believing her. They're saying things like he's dead. Right. Right. And that's it. Yeah. So that's it. Like, we don't even have a discussion anymore. I don't even need to 
talk to you yeah. because he's dead. Like they're and not. And you're five million dollars richer, so move on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on with it, right? Yeah. And so, but but what I thought was so interesting is that as she s- keeps spiraling, is that also a comparison? A lot of times, is that smart? means um powerful and right and right-minded right yeah and dumb is well she's of course she's crazy you know because nobody was taking her seriously at all you know even people that have known her her whole life absolutely absolutely so yeah i thought that was really interesting as well as um uh what i loved ultimately is the thing that she was trying to you know like she was constantly questioning within herself her own sanity and such was what eventually led her to find him which Mm -hmm. is following her intuition right and i love that because she sensed every single time when he was in the room or what we at least assumed that he was in the room because then all of a sudden sudden something happened right Um, she's trusting herself absolutely right and so I think that's the biggest thing a lot of times why um, people become victims and how we're easily groomed because we are told not to trust ourselves, and yeah. this starts yeah. at a very young age, very young, right? Yeah. Like for myself, growing up in a household, I'm, you know, it starts even young with, uh, say that you're, you know, you're kind of chilly, you're kind of cold in your own home and such, um, and you say something about it, or I'm hungry, and immediately, you know, you yelled back with, um, oh, it's not a cold in here. Oh, be quiet. We just ate, you know, so and so much time ago. Right. So you start not trusting yourself. And so it was the same thing with her. She's constantly being told, no, this is the way it is. He's dead. Don't trust yourself. But ultimately what ends up, you know, uh, you know, tuning us all in is the fact that she does trust herself. So I think that's a really good message, you know, to you know, to share with people, if you feel like something's wrong, yeah, yeah, probably right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. hundred percent. I remember the, in the beginning when like, um, after he died and they said that, you know, she was going to inherit this money. We just need your bank account information. I'm like, don't do it. Yeah. No. <laughs> Look, the fact that I was the, like, I don't trust this. What? How did the letter even show up there? Right. Oh, exactly. Come on. No. Yeah. Done. 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 Yeah. There are, a f- there were a few <laughs> moments in this that made me like, you know, just stupid horror movie moments to, to help keep the blot along like that one. Yeah. Like I would have questioned that a lot more like hmm. she opened it up and it wasn't sealed it wasn't right sealed. yeah it was very i was very concerned by that and then like when she finds the suit girl i mean immediately i would have put that fucking thing on and lied and wait you know what i mean like it was just kind of weird like how i mean obviously it fit for the the final you know and we don't know maybe she was kind of plotting that she because he's such a narcissist that you know, he, she understands him better than he understands her. Because that was the whole thing at the end where he's like, oh, I know you better yeah. than you know yourself. Yeah. And just like, no, she fucking knows you, dude. And yeah. you're not going to see this coming no, at yeah. all. Which is why I was like, which is why when she like puts the suit in that bag in the crawl space that we see in the beginning of the in the beginning of the film, I'm like, oh, he's going to come back and fuck this up. You know, like right. some he like knows where she keeps her hiding places. Oh, yeah. I, was I thought he was going to be like looking for this Celia yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. But he did yeah. it because he trusted so much in his own control of her that she couldn't like trick. You know what I mean? Even though she escaped, I think he still because he was doing everything to her that he think he thought he knew her better. Yeah. So I just I agree. I like that. That's a that's a fantastic message to um, to kind of wrap this this conversation up on is that, you know, trust yourself, 
trust, you know, if your relationship's not going the way you think it should be going or you're in a situation, like trust yourself. And the age-old lesson in so many horror films, believe women. (laughs) (laughs) Believe them. Believe their stories. Even if a woman is full-on bonkers out of her mind. Right. Get her help then, you know, but believe her first. Listen to their stories. You know, I mean, every day, you know, at my workplace, people don't say all kinds of stuff. And our job is to go, "Uh uh-huh, great. So (laughs) let's tackle the the way this is making your life dysfunctional. You know, like how can we have conversations about that? You know, because we have, you know, you get all kinds of people that, um, you know, we had a woman whose husband's voice was talking to her all the time. He had died Mm -hmm. and was talking to her all the time. But she didn't want to fix that. You know, his voice was comforting. It was the other voices that are the problem. Well, guess what? We solved both issues. <laughs> you know? So it's like, even if you think somebody's bonkers, maybe still, you know, hold their hand. Help them help them get the help that they need, whatever yeah, it is. <laughs> so believe women, because they're probably telling the truth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that because at the end of the day, you know, they're they're going to still tell you exactly what they want. You're going to hear it, right? It's, it's, if you at least give them the space to do that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, were there other points? Cause I love that you made some notes. So I just, I do want to hit any last thing before we, uh, before we, before we stick a pin I was in looking this. to see if, if there was anything in particular, but no, I think we covered everything. Everything that you wanted to, to discuss. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that we got uh, the opportunity to, to see this film. Um, I'm going back and forth on if I want to see it again. It was so tense. Like, it was great. Mm-hmm. I really recommend that people see it uh, 100%. It's got my vote. Um, it would be difficult to watch again because it was just, you know, although it had a good payoff because you're waiting because it's like, like so many films where you're waiting for, um, you know, when, when the, um, lead character's not being believed about something, but you mm-hmm. know, it's coming mm-hmm. that they will, everybody will fucking know, you know? Right. So you're like waiting for that moment to happen. It did have a good payoff for that, you know, where it was like, she's right. <laughs> and now I'm fucking dead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it has like some good moments like that, but it was still, it was very tense and very, you were just with her. They just, they, when uh, built such a great world and that you really a hundred percent believe the technology you believe the abusiveness of like the relationship mm-hmm. even though it wasn't shown he was never shown like like past like they we didn't get that like you mm-hmm. usually get in films where there's going to be flashbacks to the violence against her that they did we didn't need that we, right. we were believing her story we were buying that and i yes. think that's very important that's very true we didn't see him actually outside from like you know smashing her sister's car window to get her we never really saw yeah. the the previous violence because she alludes to it by saying yes he would hit me among other things mm-hmm. and so there's all of this like stuff there that's le- you know we don't need to necessarily see it on the screen you know right. and even when he is violent like against the girl because he punches her when he's invisible to blame mm-hmm. um to blame the lead character um we still we don't see him doing it right. you know so it's just it's very i don't know just the way they kind of played with that i thought was very clever so i don't know i i definitely probably will see it again anyways just because you know you want to go back and see if like you were saying if some of the scenes had something going mm-hmm. on or not mm-hmm. um but it was it was definitely a, a, um, a tough watch at times it so, was a tough trigger watch. warning, trigger warning. It's also <laughs> interesting warning. that you say about the ending because, uh, interestingly enough, I, uh, 
uh, like while I was there as far as like, you know, I get it, girl. I get it. You know, like you knew it. How are you going to get him to admit it? You tried. He didn't, you know, um, but I think it, it came down to the same old um, age uh, story as far as like you had to take it and she had to take it into her own hands. Yeah. And so nobody is ever really going to know that he was this monster. Right. Because he committed suicide. Right. And she kind of just gave him this easy out. Right. Like she even got her friend to go along with it. it like it, it sounded like. He committed yeah. suicide, right? But she avenged her you know, sister. You know, yeah, she and, and I totally get that. Yeah, but yeah, isn't yeah. it like it's still kind of like, yeah. ugh, it sucks. Like, uh, nobody knows. And and so it just still, it, for me, it was almost, um, uh, goes back to our justice system. Where yeah. even if they're caught, do they, do they one, take the accountability at all? <laughs> no. And two, do they really get the justice that they deserve? Right. In this case, um, at the, her own hands, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. In a revenge fantasy horror right. film, yeah, of course. Right, <laughs> exactly. No, absolutely. I think about it all the time watching like things like Snapped and watching you know women's stories play out where you're like, if she wouldn't have killed him, yeah, you know, maybe there would have been you know people would have known, but instead they're they're martyred, you yeah. know. But it's like they, in order to save themselves, like women have to do what they have to do, you know. Exactly. People in these situations. You know that commit murder or 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 whatever. You know, in order to get to save their own selves, mm-hmm. it's like you know that they made that choice, right? You know, so I get what you're saying about the justice of like everybody knowing the truth, right? Well, and so that's what I'm wondering though. I'm wondering if there was a reason for that because she did take the suit with her. Is there any kind of mm-hmm. sequel? Any kind of any continuation of oh, this story at all. If they want no? to, they'll figure it out. Okay. You know what I mean? It's it horror. Was interesting. Yeah. There's some other brother somewhere who's just vengeful, you know. <laughs> you, you know, it's they always they will find a way, you know, the father, the you know, um, the mother next time. It'll be the invisible woman, you know, who just wants to revenge her darling son's death, who they had some kind of weird incestuous relationship. Oh, you know <laughs> You never know what's gonna happen. It's horror. They'll find a way. Um, to bring it back if they want to. If this makes enough money, there'll be a sequel. But there doesn't need to be. Right. It's encapsulated. No. It's fine yeah. as, as no. it is. Yeah, it is. yeah. She knew he wasn't going to admit narcissist. He's yep. not going to. He's not. Gonna, and so she had to take. You know. Take things into our own hands. Totally. Anyways, well, this has been very fun. I'm really glad that we had an opportunity to kind of look at it through this lens. And um, obviously, this is a film about violence, about sexual violence, and um, the ways that trauma informs our lives and how we you know, have to escape from it, you know, wrapped up in kind of a cool retelling of the invisible man. So thank you, Marcella so much again for coming on. Thank um, you all. It was dear amazing. listener again, it was awesome. it's my life. Everything will be linked in the show notes below. I'm pointing down so people know, <laughs> uh, cause they can see this, uh, Joe. Yeah. How you doing over there? I'm good. I just, you know, again, we can't stress enough that if you are in this situation and you know, please, reach out to your people do what you can to extricate yourself and Mm -hmm. seek help and and yeah so you know please do what you can to uh 
put yourself in better circumstances. Yeah. Yes, because I will. I will definitely stress because um, I don't think we've stressed this enough at all. Is that as much as trauma that we have talked about today? The beautiful thing about this brain of ours is that it has the capability to change. We are mm. so resilient, we really right? Yeah. So it's just a matter of um, having to flip the script. Learn something new, learn about ourselves most especially, and, um, you know, have healthier relationships starting with ourselves. I love it. I love Absolutely. it. All right. Well, thank you again, Marcella. Joe, as always. Oh, my God. I just I adore you, Joe. I adore I you, too. I adore you too much. I adore yeah. Marcella. I, <laughs> I adore you, We Joe. all adore each other. <laughs> yes. The Mutual Adoration Society uh, closes another meeting. Uh, <laughs> good night. Good night. Good night. Bright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Bright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.